0: Hello, and welcome to Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. And I'm Mitch DiPaolo. And I'm Charles Orange. My buddy Charles came back to the shop. He's here for three weeks, maybe four, five, six. He really says it's two, but I just keep on trying to add extra days because Charles is the shit. Um, and he decided to come on the podcast. I've been telling Mitch he lacks a kind of enthusiasm that I require. And I was like, maybe you need a third person because I remember when you two, it was just you two talking that. Yeah, last episode we were talking about everything. Yeah. It was awesome. I've never seen Mitch so engaged. And I'm like, well, what is it that I'm missing that you bring to the table? So this will be a fun episode. I'm kind of excited, and I'm sure we're going to go all over the place. Well,
1: we were just talking about house hacking because, you know, Mitch is a younger guy, and soon he's going to have to start looking for his own place. And I just thought that, you know, I learned about it when I was younger. I think it's a great idea. It's a good way to get into real estate. Yeah. What you need to do is find, like, a duplex or a triplex or maybe even a quadplex that is not in total dis- fair, but you know is outdated as a lot of like me left on the bone as they would say yeah. that way that uh, what you want to do is find a place that you can add value to yeah. like you look at it how can I add value kitchen needs remodeled all the kitchens yeah. need remodeled all the bathrooms
2: need remodeled find a place with like maybe messed up cabinets yeah really right. old appliances maybe some are broken Sure. Maybe you have to retile, like, the bathroom floors. Yeah, landscaping is just terrible. Yeah, it's you always know, a good way. Dead grass, you never know. You try and find, like, the lowest barrier to entry. Right. For, like, a house that you can live in and also rent out a certain section of it. Well, and I like the idea of, like, there's two ways that people house hack was, you know, the
1: main way is either, like, multi-unit single-family housing or, like, uh, buying one house and renting out a room in your house and, like, having essentially roommates. yeah. I'm not really a big fan of that way just because, like, you know, there's not a whole lot of privacy. You know, you're sharing the same bathroom, sharing the same kitchen, community areas, living room, things like that. There's nothing wrong with it, but
0: I just prefer my own personal space, I yeah. you know, sometimes. That's more an Airbnb type situation. You're looking to rent out a room or something for a week. But, yeah, there's no way in hell I could just kind of live with strangers that close in my area. Right,
2: Yeah.
1: I like to know that when I put something down, it's just going to be in the same spot when I come back for it. I don't have to try to find
2: it in, like, a drawer or, you know, wherever. Yeah, because you need know, other people using their stuff all the time. You have to share your bathroom. That would not be fun. But with a multi-unit,
1: like, let's say you find a duplex or a triplex or something like that to, that's in your price range, you can get an FHA home loan on anything up to four units. Anything over that's, like, considered commercial, five units and above. And then if so, if you get the FHA loan, they expect you to live in the house for the first year. So what you do is you, let's say you get a three unit, you occupy one unit, and then you get the other two units up to par, get them rented out, fix up yours. However, which way you want to do it, fix yours up first, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? But I would probably fix mine up first, move into it, get comfortable, get the other two fixed up, maybe spend like a year doing it, get them rented out. And now they're possibly paying half to the full mortgage, all utilities, taxes, and everything that like that with their rental. And so you're Especially basically you living there for the free, units. right? Yeah. You know, or three or whatever. And uh, so you're just, you know, kind of living there for free, basically. And then not only that, you could potentially profit off it if the market runs are high enough and the property cash flows. Yeah. And the property hopefully will appreciate. So you'll get it's equity as well. Too. Yeah. That way your equity grows in the in the property. And then- You use their rents, yeah, like I said, to pay off the mortgage and to pay off the utilities, pay the property taxes, if it can do so. And then, you know, they're basically purchasing the house for you. There's a couple of ways to do this, too. You can self-manage or you can get a property manager. And if you're living in the unit, a lot of people don't want their neighbors in the unit to know that they actually own the property. You know what I mean? So it could just bring a lot of unwanted attention Yeah, stress and things like that. And so they'll have a property manager, management, and, like, they generally manage a property for, like, 10% of the cost. When, and, and they'll take care of screening tenants, finding tenants, you know, renting out everything, uh, maintenance calls, right, you know, uh, like that. And then they'll let you know, you know, kind of what's going on and
2: keep telling you if there's, like, a maintenance issue or if, like, the house needs a new roof or yeah. any kind of Why We don't always want to deal with other people directly, too, because you can get some crazy crazy people right my cousin rents out some apartments he says he gets some like really crazy people like one time uh someone asked him to go get the ants off the sidewalk oh i'm sure go get ants off the sidewalk like what yeah we literally had to go out there with a broom and sweep ants off the sidewalk we
1: just turned over one of our small uh single family houses and the tenants that were in there previously decided that they were going to spray paint the walls to paint the house and so it like there's overspray over all the windows, over all the flooring, over all the appliances, the counters, cabinets, everything. It was absolutely destroyed. We had to go in there, take all the blinds out, replace them, paint all the trim, clean all, you know, scrape all the windows clean because they were covered in paint. Rip up all the flooring completely, replaced all the flooring, and then replaced all the floorboard and everything
0: too because it was just it was just destroyed. You sent pictures to me. It was just because you were supposed to come up and. You left in April. You were probably going to come up in June for the first yes. class. And he just sent me a picture. He's like, dude, this house is just trash. And he just showed me all the over spray on everything. And it was the windows. I just couldn't believe. Like, what are you doing? You can't tape up anything. You couldn't get newspapers and tape them on. Like, what? They, it just looks like they went in there with a the spray can, just started spraying everything. Yeah, it was terrible. It was nuts.
1: So we completely redid the place, but it took. Three and a half, four weeks, you know, if I do the work. I don't have, we don't, we we self manage. So we do the work ourselves. I don't mind doing it that way.
0: It's not for everybody. What's the rule for a property manager? Do you pay them, do they get a percentage of the rental income or do you pay them like a standard fee? Generally, what will happen is if you get to find a property manager up front,
1: they'll charge you like the first month's rent, let's say. And then that's like, Getting a tenant in, getting the place up to go, marketing, all that stuff, screening everybody, so on and so forth. And like the I guess like the initial buy and see with the property management company. And then usually it's like a set percentage okay. of the monthly rent after that, like around ten percent is what I usually see, like on some of the like pages and groups mm-hmm. I'm on with landlords and stuff. They're always discussing it. You gotta send me those links, sorry. You gotta ensure sure. Yeah, there's a couple of pages on Facebook. Um one of them's like uh the bigger pockets they have a podcast and then there's another one that's called like Choose F.I. or Choose Fire which is financial independence to retire it. early yeah and they have the fire movement you know and a lot of those people that are in the fire movement two of the big drivers of the fr- fire movement is compounding interest and like they love the VTSAX uh, index funds and stuff for- oh right okay uh, you know not, not that I'm like giving any advice on that at all I don't think this that's an you no know, not at all but that's what they that's what they're always chanting you know and then real estate, and the big thing about real estate, buying things that have add-on value potential, remodel the kitchen, remodel the bathroom, repaint, you know, new siding, new roof, do the landscaping. The, they they always talk about BRR, which is buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. And then and then so essentially in that model, you're either going to sell the house or rent the house out. So, say you buy a house, sixty thousand dollars. It needs. 30, or let's say twenty thousand dollars in remodeling whether that's paint drywall new appliances so on and so forth. you've got now effectively eighty thousand dollars into the property plus it's been vacant for a month or two which you're going to add into the equation to what your lost rent may into that So now you have eighty thousand dollars into the house but the after remodel value is going to be like 150 thousand say and now you can potentially go to a bank and get a refi and refinance it for like 70 percent of the low, of the total value of the property. You know, or maybe even, or, or higher. You know, everybody has different deals and things like that uh, as far as how much they offer based on, like, you know, the value of the home. And, or you may not want that much. You may only need a certain amount, so you go to the bank and just ask for that, you know, against your house in by, like, you know, a cash-out refinance. But that when, you, so when you cash out refinance, you're basically you're pulling the equity from the house out, putting it essentially into your bank account, adding that on to the mortgage, and there's going to be, you know, when you do that, there's, your interest rate's going to change and the terms of your loan are going to change. If you had, say, five years paid off with a 30-year loan with 25 years left and then you refinance, you're probably you're going to get a new rate and then it's going to go back to 30 years, essentially, if that's the terms of the deal. But you get to pull out the equity in your house and now you have it. And then so the strategy behind that is to use it on the down payment and the remodel for the next house. Now, so, so now you bought another $60,000 house, you put another 20000 into it, you get it ready to rent, you rent it out, you know, or you sell it, and you can, you know, profit, but then, if you sell it, you don't have to refinance, obviously, you pull all your money and your equity out of it on the flip, but if you rent it out, you refinance it, and then you have the tenants pay back the mortgage on that refinance, cash out refinance that you just did, so now you pull out the equity, and they're paying the equity back into your property you need to account for like capex and like different kinds of like expenditures yeah. property taxes um maintenance uh right. un- unexpected you know if the heater goes out or a pipe burst or you know so on and so forth there's all kinds of like, tree falls on the house you never know what the is going to be yeah but you want to you you always want to be prepared for it, and you want the houses to provide their own cushion so like Say if I was getting a thousand dollars in profit for a house, which is a lot. I'm just gonna say, like, or we'll just say, yeah, thousand dollars, easy round number. I'm gonna probably take thousand dollars. We'll take cut it in half, fifty, five hundred bucks a month goes to the mortgage, towards the property taxes, towards the insurance. Say we have five hundred dollars left, I might take seventy-five dollars a month, hundred fifty dollars a month, and put it into another fund or another account just for that house for all kinds of uh, unexpected expenditures and things like that mm-hmm. until it's too. A certain amount. Now, people argue about the amount that you should have set aside. It, a, it depends on the property, you know what I mean, uh, the quality, the how big, small, etc. what kind of heating and cooling systems it has. Yeah, because some people are uh, are in the mindset that as long as you have credit and you could put it on your credit card or yeah, in like a home equity loan or
0: something like that. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you put... Most of those contractors will put the stuff on the, or, or homeowners, yeah. and if they get the equity out, it's like you're going to pay 29 percent on your credit card, and you probably have 10 grand on it with anything that you've just bought for that house. Where you could pull that 10 grand equity out, pay seven percent right of thing, and then pay off that credit card from Twa and then you just save yourself a whole bunch of headache and extra fees and money.
1: That's how I feel too, and then. And I also feel that just having a nice savings account set aside as an emergency fund for that property is a good thing, too. So you just have straight cash. That way you're borrowing from yourself and you're not paying equity back to anything. And then you're refilling it again from the profits that you're generating off the rents. After two years, you can start counting that said property. Like, so say if you're house hacking and you buy a property, it has three rooms, you live in one, you're renting out two. After two years, that'll count, that income from those two properties will count.
2: As your income towards your debt to income ratio. All right. There's also different kind of so another kind of more houses you get the cheaper, um, the lower the interest rate you're gonna you're gonna get on your loans. No,
1: not necessarily. The interest rate isn't this in The interest rate's kind of like set by the federal government. Uh, yeah, and stuff is. like that. And so like, there'll be a range. Like, say the government sets it at like seven percent, they might be able to loan to you. I don't know. You know, or not even the government, but there might be a range out there. If your credit's super high, you might be able to get a 6%, like, say. But if your credit's a little lower and your leverage is extremely high, you might be 75 Yeah, yep. it might range a little bit. And that's going to be over the course of, say, a 30-year loan. So, I mean, 1.5% adds up. Now, we're, we're just talking about lower-end houses here just to keep things easier, or whatever. But, like, I mean, you can start off anywhere from buying $20,000 trailers on a piece of land, double-wides, all the way up to $2 million waterfront property to start with. It just depends on, like, your risk tolerance and what you're able to afford. Yeah, There's really no wrong answer either way. You know, it's just like as long as you're making that forward
0: progress. My buddy always said, buy the worst house in the best neighborhood. Yeah. That's that's, that's pretty much it. I don't care if the, it's it's Most so. of the time that the yard's just overgrown, it just yeah. looks horrible. Yeah. Even if you just put a little bit of paint on the front... And then did the landscaping. Boom! You probably increased it five grand, ten grand in in value. Um, But yeah, no, most of the time those houses inside the roof shit, uh, the floors got rot, the walls are done, and yeah. The most
1: recent house that I purchased, I bought off market. I, you know, I knew about the house. I looked into it, contacted the owner through a contact that I have, and we made a deal off market. I bought it owner financing on a land contract, uh, right? So then, because uh, that's and that's another option you have to owner financing land contract. The owner of the property that's selling it acts as the bank. You pay them monthly payment and the interest, whatever they decided to be. I got this house like two years ago, so we locked in at three percent, right? And I bought that. I bought the house. It's a, I'll just get, basic numbers. I paid sixty thousand for the house. It's about eight hundred square foot, single level with a full basement with a poured floor and cinder block walls. It's got the original wood flooring still in it from where it was built in 48, and it's on an acre and a half in a country setting. And it is the ugliest house in the neighborhood by far. And so I've completely gutted the house. Uh, We've completely rewired it, re-plumbed it. I re-insulated all the walls, re-drywalled it, and uh, we've got almost all the drywall work done. We just finished, we plastered the living room. So it has like a really nice plaster, like six inch half or quarter moon cove going all the way around. And then a nice pattern in the ceiling. So, it, so it'd be like, you know, kind of like the showpiece of the house when you walk in, you look up and it's just had this beautiful ceiling. Yeah. And then it's going to have all, you know, full custom bathroom, full custom kitchen. Simple, but nice and eloquent. You know, what I do one thing that I love to do is I go to home every I got to go to Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards all the time and then so there's another kind of financing too that you can look into which is DSCR debt service credit ratio and you can use like they're really um handy if you're looking at like a multi-unit housing that's like five ten units maybe commercial warehouse units or something like that and what they look at is the actual like health of the property itself the property is worth this much. They're asking this much. This is what the rents are. This is the property taxes, so on and so forth. And what a DSCR loan wants to see is that the tenants of the property are going to pay enough to cover all the expenses of that Basically building. We do an evaluation on it. Like, is it going to be profitable, or is it, can it cover its own expenses? It's like, yeah. And they they have this. They have um, an equation that they have. And I can't remember exactly what it is. So I don't want to say it's a butcher it, but they're looking for that property to have a, a total of one or better, meaning that it's going to be able to pay for itself. Yeah. And what that I don't remember the exact equation. I'd have to look it back up to figure it out. But uh,
0: I actually remember hearing about that on another podcast. Nick Huber, this guy that's going to come on in a couple of weeks. I told you about him yesterday. Yeah. Um yeah, he does commercial, but uh, it's a uh, store, self storage. Oh, yeah. And I remember he was talking about all the equations, and I remember the one where it, where it at least equaled itself. and it could right. cover all expenses. So that's
1: what they're looking for is just like the, the overall like financial health of the property. And like, obviously, they still want to be the property in good good condition, you know, and all things that you would need when you're getting like
0: a standard loan or whatever, you know, but. That's just another option that's out there. That DSCR, is that just for commercial real estate, or can you use that for um, anything under five units?
1: You could probably use it for, I think you can use them for any multi-unit or single unit, uh, single family housing as well. As long as you're going to rent it out. Right, and it's going to, yeah, exactly. And I'm not sure how that goes with like needing an LLC possibly or something like that, or if you can do it as like a sole proprietor. I believe you can do it both ways. I, I haven't actually used a DSCR loan myself yet, so I'm not sure, but I I have been kind of looking into them because I found a commercial property in Michigan that really interests me hmm. that has, a, it's like a three units essentially, two front offices, and then a warehouse in the back. And the fruit, two front offices are rented and they cover all the expenses plus you know, 20 25% extra on top as is and there's a lot of value to add to the place because it's it hasn't it's probably outdated by 30 or 40 years as far as like interior goes it's all wood paneling it's super dark the lighting's terrible drop ceilings the bathrooms you know probably hasn't been updated since like the 50s or 60s it's just terrible and both of the units you know and um and it's on main street in the town where i grew up so it's like i would really like to hopefully purchase the building and be able to fix it up and just make it look nice and and have a warehouse for all your bikes to set Yeah, <laughs> right. And have a shop, workshop to work yeah, out of, sure. be able to do my English wheel work and you know other fabrication and bike building and stuff. We'll send Joe you your way when it uh, out when we need some more palm fronds and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it will be pretty cool. I'm I'm hoping that that works out because m- my goal is I want to reinvest back into my community, fix up ne- neglected properties, provide you know. Reasonable housing for people, you know, like good price, good quality house. Like I wouldn't, we don't rent out anything that we wouldn't personally want to live in ourselves. I would look into house hacking if I were you. You know, check it out. Maybe a little bit more could be very beneficial. Yeah. It's something that's very scalable. And if you get started now, what nineteen twenty now?
2: Yeah, it's definitely
1: something. twenty. Yeah, by the time you're, yeah, and if you bought, if you did it every two years, bought another multi unit. By the time you're thirty, you're gonna have five multi units just chilling there,
0: and yeah. there's two million.
1: Yeah, oh, easily, yeah, and that's your net worth, yeah, and cash flow. I mean, you know, I mean, you could potentially just retire, then if you wanted to, and live off the land or one of your units, you know. But like, you don't want
0: to do that, though. You want to keep working and you know doing chasing dreams and growing. And that's the thing you, you were you were talking about the fire movement, and then I'm okay. reading this story about this thing of 35 year old people who've retired for a couple of years and. They just can't do it because the mentality to get into the fire movement, like you have to save and you have to just be really cheap on everything. And now that they're actually retired, they still can't break that mentality and they're still kind of staying cheap, which I think is a great thing. But apparently they're just kind of over it. So I think they want to go back to work so that they have that, in their sense, extra income and they'll use that to travel. It's it, sure. It seems so wild to me, but, yeah, I don't think mm. you could retire that early. You always have to be doing something. Take a year off, sure, do some things you might want to do, but you got to get back into it. Yeah, I yeah, will just, you know, but at that rate, you can
1: get into, like, a passion and work that, you know, whether that's, like, working in an animal rescue, doing some kind of art, you never know, you know what I mean? Just, as long as you're just doing something, you money, as they say, you can just tell somebody F.U. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess. What's the point of having F.U. money? Yep, I love that. thing. Yeah. But I don't know if that's really F you money being financially independent, but it allows you to have a comfortable life. Nice, nice tag. You're not going to worry if your car's transmission goes out or, you know, your water heater goes out. You know, basically
0: it's just a nice like safety net. It, it buys you time. That's what I consider. That's all I consider money to be. It buys you time. I don't care for the money. I, I care for the time. Right. I want the time and shit. You got so little of it. That's true, honey.
2: All right. Um, did you guys hear anything about this Wi-Fi router that can see through walls? I don't think so. Okay. Well, recently, I think this happened about seven years ago, and it came from Carnegie Mellon University. And that's that's where um, Randy R- pouch taught, right? Yep. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Randy Pausch?
0: I'm not sure. Carnegie- uh, you, you listened to the episode where I talked about that one professor who gave his last lecture and he was dying at the time. He had mm. pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And the last lecture, it was just all about a chi- achieving your childhood dream. And it was a great lecture. It went freaking viral because, I mean, the guy, the Carnegie Mellon, every year gave a, a one professor a chance to give like a last lecture. What would you tell people if this was your last lecture to give? Now, this is literally his last lecture. He gets called up to do it, and they change the names to, like, Reflections. And he's like, you know, I nailed the venue, and they changed the name on me. But this guy was literally dying. He had two months, but he was fit as a horse. He was more fit than most people in that audience. Yeah, and I he, think he started doing push-ups in the <laughs> beginning. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I could do more push-ups than you and everything. He was he was a very happy guy, even at the end, which was wild to be. Yeah. And I think that's what... Re- I don't know, it just resonated with people because it's like, Hmm. this guy's at the end and he's talking about how to achieve your childhood dream, but then at the end you also realize he's like, if you thought this lecture was for you, you missed the whole head fake, this was for my children, because he had just very young children and newborn, he just wasn't going to see grow up.
2: Huh, wild. They were working on this thing where, so you got your Wi-Fi router, right? And that, like, collects signals from, like, the towers around you, and it also sends them out to like the devices in your house, right? Uh-huh. And like these signals like bounce off the walls, like it bounce off it'll bounce off glass a certain way. Or it'll bounce off like maybe a table a different way or something like that because it's wood, different material. So I'm pretty sure the way it works is they found an AI algorithm called it's called Dense Pose and it maps Wi-Fi signals hmm. coming like in and out of the router and is able to Map where a person is in a space around the router. And what does it do? Focus the internet towards the person. It allows. It basically turns the 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 router into a X-ray vision hmm. by decoding where the signals are going and what they're bouncing off, or what signal it's getting back. Right. It, it decoded that into like a spatial detection huh. thing, like sonar
0: or something. I can I can show you a video of it here. So what he was saying was they had trained the AI model using a video camera and then also a Wi-Fi router at the same time. And the video camera obviously knew where the people were because right. they could see it. And then it also correlated that information with the Wi-Fi router. And That's it's funny. like, okay, this person's here. And in the camera, this is how they're standing. So that when they took away the camera and just gave them only the Wi-Fi information, yeah. the... the um, AI knew kind of what pose they were standing in and where they were in the room. So, like,
2: if they if I got up right now and started doing jumping jacks, it would be able to tell. And, like, it puts, like, a mesh over your body, too. That's so weird. And it, it'll it show, like, if you lift your leg up or if you move your hand. You know the military will be in, on that in about five seconds. I think that's how the metaverse is going to work. Like, if they really figure that out and they can just move oh, yeah. people around the world and then... We get really good VR, like, equipment that's light. I guess it, little it, little I guess sense it would map are. everything better. Like, it, like make the worlds align better. Maybe they would use that in the future. Yeah, no, that is... I great. don't know what else it could be used for other than, like, data collection. Military. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, they say you can do, like... Maybe any kind of, like, first rate. responder, though. Like,
1: what if you come up to a fire scene and it already gives you the interior map of a house?
2: Yeah, it'll do your heart rate, like, your breathing, all that stuff. Yeah, they're showing it right here. On you know, they, they're using it for the elderly. Actually, mm-hmm. they're gonna make a in-home fall detection device. Huh. They're showing it right here. When someone falls in the room, the chart spikes down because the elevation of whatever the person they're right. detecting went lower. Interesting. And like it was sharp, and like you can detect that it's a fall. That's crazy. Which is pretty. Yeah. So it just dope. blows my mind how they can use a Wi-Fi router. It's kind of like metal detecting if like, you think about
0: it. But it's just for people. <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Yeah. <laughs> But that's actually really cool that they did that for old people. Yeah. And that is, they they don't want to wear the life alert, and it's you feel bad telling your elderly, you know, family members, hey, you should wear a life alert or something. They don't want right. to They want their they want to feel independent. Right. And this is just awesome. Oh, okay, go check on Judith. It seems like something may have happened. Wow. Yeah.
1: Right. wow. If you can get a text or something whenever it happens, or you yeah. know, like call
2: your loved one or whoever, or if they are at like a nursing home or something, I love it. It's just incredible. So they basically like fed an AI. That was trained to solve the problem of finding the correlation between, like, they gave it a video of a room at the same time, you're saying? Yep. And then, like, a, a, the router signals also at the same time. Yep. And it, like, said, find what's making, like, find the signal closest to this person moving or whatever, I guess. And then it just aligned the two. That is nuts. It's wild. I what a I time to be alive. Yeah. But he's physically, like, sonar. And this was this was seven years ago. So, like, they can definitely, like, tell, like, what kind of clothes I'm wearing right now. And, like, they can definitely probably map me out down to, like, the millimeter. Right. If they, if they were doing this, like, seven years
0: ago. Yeah, it seems kind of gigging. Melon's always ahead of the curve. Yeah. That's where a lot of the cool stuff
2: goes. Yeah, they did the uh the whole VR program. They made a lot of progress. And this was
0: at least 2007.
2: Yeah, so I found that. that I thought that was really cool, like, seeing... People in a house, like, walk upstairs. Like, there was a demo video of people walking downstairs, and, like, you see the skeleton in just, like, this black space. It's just, like...
1: I wonder if that'll, like, soon take the place of, like, the suits with all the sensors on them and everything for video gameplay and stuff like that, where they do it on, like, a green screen. Oh, and I not even need, like, the green screen anymore. It just senses oh, you. Bro.
2: Yeah, you could turn your whole house into, like, a gaming arena. Yeah, it'd be crazy. It'd be wild. Or augmented reality headset. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it could be used in the metaverse. I I should look it up and see if they are gonna use something like that because Zuckerberg isn't. He's gonna fight Elon. Yeah.
1: What what are you guys thinking? GSP is coaching Elon now. GSP. Yeah. The George St. Pierre UFC champion. Oh, he's a UFC champion. Yeah, he's like the one of the greatest of the (laughs) best, like fighters, grapplers, jiu-jitsu,
2: whatever of all time. Like he's awesome. I heard that Zuckerberg is, like, trained in jiu-jitsu jiu- and he just, like, did a fight. Yeah. Like, a while ago.
1: Yeah, somehow or another, it came up, him and Elon fighting, and so they're both training, I guess.
2: You know it's going to become a big charity event. Some people are saying that they shouldn't fight, and they should just, like, build their companies and build their legacy. Or oh, sure, fight. It is funny. It's wild to
1: think about. What if one of them does get seriously hurt? But, I mean, they could be seriously hurt doing anything. That's
0: it. You get shit seriously hurt <laughs> sneezing yeah. or walking down the
1: I mean, Elon's digging tunnels and flying things into space.
0: I don't think it gets any crazier. No, and
1: then Mark Zuckerberg is doing it. The Metaverse, yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what, okay. What's that going to be? What's that
2: gonna, Like a virtual reality. Yeah. yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's doing it in virtual yeah, reality. Headset just, just came out, so like, I feel like since they dropped a the VR product, I feel like- I didn't know that like, they had a yeah. VR or a headset that they put out. Well, they didn't put it out yet, but it's it's- they announced it and it's in development. Fantastic. Yeah, it's in the testing phase and certain people might have access to it by now. Oh yeah, all guessing the, all the I I haven't really seen hmm. anyone make a video on it with the product in their hands yet. I've just kind of seen like them revealing like the the announcement by Owl, So do you remember Google Glass? Uh, I do remember that, but I never really looked into it, and I don't know. Like, it was I think I think it was kind of just like having like a.
1: Like, just, it was, yeah, it was just a little heads-up display of, like, things from your smartphone, like, essentially.
2: Like the, in, like, the really, like, high-end BMWs, like... They have like the, on the projected display, on... Yeah. The, Pontiac used to have that in Grand Prix and stuff, too. Yeah. I also heard about this other thing that was kind of cool and everyone should be able to use. It's on YouTube. And I don't know if they've been doing this, but they're dubbing videos now in, like, any language. Hmm. So they use, an I'm pretty sure it's an AI, like they say AI for everything today, but someone was demonstrating like on a Mr. Beast video. And the only reason why I'm skeptical is because I know Mr. Beast gets his videos dubbed. Yeah. So there might be an option to upload dubs if you make them for your video, but I'm pretty sure they're rolling out this dub thing where you can, like it lip syncs it and everything too, and uses an AI voice cloner to translate it into like Italian or Spanish or by using music. your voice what, using using yeah I guess the inflections of the original speaker's voice oh that's that would open up a world of possibilities I know well, Mr you haven't heard about Not that voices and music I kind
1: of heard about that but I didn't know that they were doing like the auto translations yeah
2: yeah, it's, it's pretty insane.
1: because I know Mr Beast does translate his videos of all across all his channels into
0: like yeah. multiple languages and as uh Mr burger, I think he's closing that entirely down. Oh, really? Because what he realized is he's having uh, so many ghost kitchens make the different burgers and then people are just picking them up and delivering them, but he has no control over quality. Yeah. Each ghost kitchen will be a little bit different, and so now he's just, he's canceling that and then he's just focusing on feastables because it's all... Oh
2: my gosh, those cookies are
1: terrible. Oh, really? I I (laughs) haven't had the cookies or the chocolate or anything. I haven't had the chocolate yet,
0: but I'm not a fan of the cookies. Mm. Cookies were like extremely... Dense and draw I in like it was it
2: was I. I like myself a the best.
0: I like myself uh Medium rare cookie. Yeah, right. It's like a brownie. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. They're supposed to be like super healthy though, like minimal ingredients, no sugar or something.
0: Oh, really? Actually, that's, yeah. I don't know. It tastes oh, like shit. Vegan, right? I, I don't. Think
1: there's something like that. I know have, the chocolate yeah, is okay. uh, only a couple ingredients in it too, or something. Yeah. It's supposed to be pretty okay. healthy, right? Because they don't have all the sugar oh, in it. And- preservatives and everything else that we've grown accustomed to it's really crazy too because it's just taste like your personal taste like does the sugar actually really taste better or is that just what you've grown accustomed to i was just kind of thinking that
0: like if you have kids and you just give your kids those cookies and that's all they know they're gonna love them every other cookie it'll just be like kind of weird or even if you ate them a couple times in a row, you might grow taste for them and then not like the keebler elf anymore the cool thing with that video uh, translation thing is somebody once told me that if you were starting a podcast and you did it for a year and if at the end of the year you didn't have a book created then you're completely missing out because what people would do was they'd put their podcast through a transcription service it would just transcribe it in english but now you can do it in every other language which is really cool you can translate your book in any which way and then you just kind of edit the podcast into a book format so that's uh that's kind of a cool way to use that tool
2: oh wow yeah i came across this cool tool called author chat GPT, and all you do is just give it a little rundown of what you want it to write and i'm pretty sure it does fictional stuff but i i don't know i think it does it might do non-fiction too and other topics as well but you just give it a little prompt and and then it writes out a whole like 20 chapter book with a whole um front cover designed too by ai as well a what, whole 20 chapter what was it called Author chat GP author GPT, it's called, and it's made by Matt, uh, Matt Schumer, S H U M E R. Matt Schumer, Schumer, yeah, Matt Schumer. Have you heard of him? Sounds familiar.
0: I think Schumer just sounds
2: familiar, yeah. Uh, There's Amy Schumer, Schumer. yeah, (laughs) okay, yeah. I don't know who that is, but
1: (laughs) no, that is crazy. I don't know the whole AI thing with art. Writing books, all these other things like that. It's just kind of crazy. It's out of this world. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Yesterday, I watched Mark write an email reply back to a company that contacted ProShaper about offering them some products to review on their videos on the YouTube channel. And he responded to it with Chat GPT. And he gave like this, I mean, super crazy, insightful, like detailed professional email response. And then the company like respond it was like 10 paragraphs or something. I don't know. It was it was, it was
0: about five or six. But, yeah. Yeah. And then they responded to like all the points in it and stuff. It was hilarious. Wow. Yeah. And they told me they're like, wow, we we love the enthusiasm and we're glad you're you're really receptive to the opportunity. We'd love to also send you a couple other things and like we'll send you a free welding helmet and uh a foot pedal, which is the foot pedal I f- figured. You would should... think it would come with the machine. That's my it makes me the upgraded foot pedal though. I know like some companies, like I I used to
1: have the AHP AlphaTig 201 XD and it came with the initial pedal and they had released an upgraded pedal as well. It was supposed to be a lot better than the one that
0: came with really? the, Yeah. Like, what could you do with a pedal that makes it any different? I guess just, like, the build quality or, like, the ergonomics. Oh, know, okay. Probably. Yeah, probably springs are cheap yeah right. the first one. It's like,
1: mm. Yeah, it's completely different. It's completely different design, too. The... Uh, it's hard to... I don't know how to explain it, like, on a podcast, essentially, but, like, the front, the first... Pedal was like a box that had a lever sticking out of it that you modulated up and down. Okay. And the second lever, the whole thing was like the wedge that you modulate up and down and your whole foot would go onto, which works a lot better than yeah. like the external lever. Okay. I can I totally. So if you're a welder, you understand yeah, that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard to explain. I mean, you know what I mean? I was trying to put that into context, but yeah.
0: Yeah, the best part about it is the the welding company, like, oh, we want to sell you send you this welder. It's $900 value, and I looked, and it was actually, it, it had some great reviews to it, even from beginners, so wow! I don't know if their pulse function is really sure. good, or but that's what I really want to use on the uh, aluminum. I've never pulsed aluminum, and I think that would really up my game for welding aluminum because I always blow holes through. Are you pulsing yourself, or are you setting the machine to pulse? Uh Setting the machine to pulse. Okay.
1: Yeah, and yeah, um, some of those uh, pedals as well act as like a remote, and you can change the voltage. Or your amperage um, from the pedal is- itself, yeah, right. Like, say so you set the machine at oh, oh, just wide by open the pressure. You no, bite. no, no. On the side of the on the side of the pedal, there'll be a knob, a potentiometer, and you could set it to like seventy amps. And then, so if you give it a hundred percent of the pedal, you're only getting seventy percent of the machine. That way, you don't, you know, you can control it better without having to go back and forth. You're just right there. I don't like that myself, but it's an option. That's kind of cool. I actually right. want to try that out. Yeah, when I uh, pulse. I pulse my foot. I rock my foot back and forth to create my own pulse. Give I give a more pedal, more amperage until I see a puddle. I watch it. The puddle kind of collapse onto itself or not collapse, but, like, just surround the, the what I'm trying to weld together. You know what I mean? The, the, I push that puddle. Yep. One more bead, and then I let off, move, apply pedal, create my bead, let off, move, and I pulse it myself. Really? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I try to keep, like, a really uh, consistent pulse, and I don't go all the way I don't let the pedal all the way out when I'm pulsing you know I'll go from like we'll say 70 percent to 30 percent just like and I'll kind of preheat the then right. as I move it down and then I'll apply and then I'll, I'll let off like, move apply let off move apply let off move and then add filler rod isn't necessary and it, you kind of it kind of it kind of gets rhythmic after a while listening to the machine like buzzing and watching and you're just like Meh. oh I
0: dipped the tungsten
1: <laughs> right exactly <laughs> No, yeah. So Chat G- GPT was really awesome, like watching it write that email because I don't. The only experience or any knowledge I have about it is literally through you guys on the podcast.
0: That's what I want you. Before you leave, I want you to just like log in. It. I'll show you how to just log into to Chat G-P-T. I want to try.
1: I want to try the art version of it because I wanted to make a rendering for me of the car that I'm going to try to build in my head. The whole reason how I why I know you, why I've come to Ray's shop, everything is this car. And it's it's the reason I know how to weld, machine, mechanics, anything, is this car. But it's only my head and drawings that I've done, which aren't that great. But I'm hoping I can use AI to give me a rendering of it. That's like exactly what I envision. That would
2: be awesome. There are even some 3D ones. You could maybe get a 3D model. Yeah, that would be cool. But those are more difficult. Maybe, like, in a month, they'll be better.
1: Oh, sure. yeah, Yeah.
2: What's the word? Pretty soon you'll be able to hook it up to your brain, and it'll just pull your thoughts out. It's like
1: the technology is improving exponentially at a faster and faster and faster rate. It's getting yeah. crazy. Yeah. Every day you're hearing about, like, different chat GPT versions from, what, three and a half to four or something like that, and just... Yeah.
0: Oh, and then every application. And...
1: Right. Are they any spinoffs by other
2: developers? Or well, is well, that, are yeah. they all for the same Maybe company? A, well, a lot of the things are open source. Open so source. The code is there. Right. And that's basically the backbone of it and then you have to run that code on a really strong computer right so like there will be companies that just use the code and then their business model is they run the code on the computer for you and you pay like monthly or whatever and then you access their server to use Yes, the chat GPT on their yes. computer the the auto, or the, uh, the auto author GPT is a book writer that one you get the code it's open source and then you have to run it on like a google thing oh hmm where they allow you to use, like, a, a good computer at Google. And Interesting. You just run it on there. And then and then you're accessing it Yeah, home. it's kind of, like, annoying because it's, like, you're in, like, this... You're not really in a really nice user interface where you have all these buttons to click generate and stuff. You have to enter in all the different values and stuff like that and kind of figure out how the tool works. As is it written in script? Like, when you're entering it's, the values, is it, like, in a script? No, it's, like, you could do that, yes, but... They have like a little bit of an interface for it where it's like okay. number of generations, length of text, description of what you want it to be, and then like there's like this these things called like temperature that you can adjust where it will make it like act different. You can kind of almost like change how it talks. Like it'll interesting. It's like Tem- wild and out there, and like it'll just pull random ideas, or you'll get it like a lower temperature, and it will just like really focus on the subject. Interesting. Like yeah, I'm gonna have to check this out. I have no
1: experience with it whatsoever, but it definitely seems useful in certain ways.
0: Yeah, if you got Discord, we'll definitely get you in the um, mid-journey because you got to do it through Discord, and there's just separate rooms. You put in your prompt and you can see how everybody else puts in their prompt and what pictures it generates, so you can kind of copy their prompt and then edit it a little for your needs.
2: Yeah, and I am on Discord too, so that'll be cool. Yeah. The mid-journey is mind-blowing. It just gets better. Like, almost every couple, what, Every month or every couple it, weeks, because I thought I read about a five point two or a five point five or something. Yeah, it just came it, out. It is there. It is there. I believe. And so you can three D model potentially soon, like a CAD almost with it. There are ones that can that can do that now. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but I I don't know exactly what those are, but they definitely exist. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I'm. Yeah, I I need to look more into this. I I do kind of think it's gonna be rough when it's able to like create weird pictures. Uh, deep
2: fakes, you know, like what's it going to do art artists? Well, yeah, it's already done that. It Have not heard about the whole like, like strikes with the artists and the writers? Writers, I've heard like, about the writers. Like, yeah, is it S- Some like or some like big big writer. Um, yeah, I heard that the writers are striking too. And I do kind of agree with that. You know what I mean? Like, but other I do, I kind of agree with it too. I mean, it's here, and I'm going to use it, and I like it. It's quite, but yeah. It is. I like the taken human touch. As a human touch. Yeah, it's just. It's like a lot of. They're doing surveys, and a lot of people are saying that it just works. It does stuff better than me. I mean, yeah. Number one, it's gonna write faster than basically anybody. It be it won't have the same quality, but it's gonna write fast. What than are people gonna like 80% do? Eight percent of people. We have no
1: creative outlets because I know artificial intelligence is doing all the creativity for us. Yeah, you know, because I mean, for me, creative outlet is probably one of the biggest motivators in my life, building things with my hands, you know, and just...
2: Yeah, everyone has their creative. Yeah, that
1: exactly. They really enjoy doing. But now if it's going to take writing and programming and art, yeah, all these other things. I mean, I thought the point was for technology to take over things like Production and jobs that people don't necessarily want to do to free us up, to allow us to be able to be more creative. and tacit- going make the production
2: cheaper for them and all the money's going right. to be going where it already is. All right. It will be
1: interesting to see how the next couple of years play out with artificial intelligence. It really is. And like legislature in the U.S. and laws around the right. world and things like that and how yeah. they're going to try to restrict,
2: monitor, govern it. Yeah, they, people are really concerned about the regulations and how they're going to work and if they're even going to work or... Well, because now they're arguing that the internet should be considered a public utility like water or sewer or electricity. Really? Because it's... Well, it is getting... It's going to get expensive real quick once we start using a lot more like processing power because sure. you got all the, the servers to store information and like you're always like communicating back and forth. And now with the AI running on the really high-end computers, like people complain about the the electricity usage of bitcoin mining right you know, the, the heat that comes from that right. like ai is literally like on par with that like you're running mm-hmm. the computer like full tail like interesting so yeah it's going it it's
1: is gonna be, it's going to consume a lot of power like but yeah but back to the utility thing the argument is you need it now for work you have to have you know access to email. You have to do applications online. A lot of healthcare is going to online contacting your providers yeah. online through chat emails and your your log in online. Now. Yeah, it's like it's customer, customer service.
2: service. You call somewhere, it's like oh, go online. Yeah, a lot of customer service now is like online, online focused. And bonds are gonna replace customer right. service for sure because it can just scan the whole business whatever wherever it is like online. You have like documents you can upload. It learns everything about it and then just. It's, yeah. it's like a perfect tier. And then teach it, teach it the acceptable policies on returns. Exactly. And thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That is crazy. I
1: I, have I wonder a, how that would like affect like uh, the quality of food, say, at McDonald's when you go through and you order your food.
2: Did you see the automated McDonald's? Now? No. Is there one with AI? Oh, there's one with robots flipping the burgers. Oh, really? Yeah. And, I've yeah, seen the uh, kiosks. You, You're self-ordering kiosk? I have one at Wendy's. And they have, um. I think they put Chat GPT. They had it read everything. It was messing up some of the item menus, but they had it as like the person who takes your order. Oh, that's good, cool. Wendy's. Yeah,
1: huh? Or healthcare? How is it gonna affect if all right? You come in, they type in your symptoms, and then it goes
2: to and does all the diagnostics and comes yeah. back potentially with what yeah. you think could you be ailing? Your ailment. So it is thing for that industry because it's just like you have all these people who like, oh, you gotta wait for the doctor to figure out what's wrong with the scan. Like they have to read the X-ray and like get it checked and like maybe you have to ask someone else if you don't know exactly what it is but like AI has more information than the brain we should consult AI AI, I don't know and see what it thinks about
0: if it's possible to cure cancer it did in 30 days really it did in 30 days
2: I feel like that's already been done somebody already like uh I'm gonna pull yeah that's the thing I brought this up on another episode a while ago when, when we were geeking out over this but if you just like take a moment and think about it it's like all that we have on this earth right now that can like really have this consciousness is humans. Right. But now we have this tool, like whether it's conscious or not, it can scan and read and take in more information than like like the largest group of people could. Right. Or the single person, like smartest person could. And now like just because we have the opportunity to like scan so many things and find so many answers, like questions that have gone unanswered for so long are just going to be solved because... We have that ability to tear through that amount of information.
1: Consciousness of it is weird, right? Like, is it conscious? Is it not? It doesn't seem to me like it is. It's not. Does it? Is it empathetic? You know what I It kind
2: of is sometimes because it's like the way the internet's weird with me is I'll use it for my newsletter, right? And I'll, I'll just go out on the internet and I'll get topics that I thought were interesting um, in the last week, and then I'll kind of just like paste them all in. And then it knows exactly what to do. It searches hmm. each topic, reads each topic. I see it do each step. Right, right. And then it will like give me suggestions of like what to change sometimes, or be sure. like, "Hey, I added this here because I think it should be here for your audience," or "I said this because your audience is that." And it's like, I don't know. If someone, if something can do that, pass the bar exam, and do all these tasks, like why is it not? I, just, I would think yes, you can shut it. I agree. With what, yeah. I was thinking consciousness would be like, hey, Mitch, let's
1: go do this today. You, yeah. you know, like, like AI's like, you're now your friend. Like, yeah. What's bothering you today, Mitch? Like, how's life? Did you get your groceries? And you can do that. If you ask it to do that,
2: it's like that. There was,
1: like, like a built. show. Do you remember? Like, there was, like, a movie probably when we were kids about the smart house and the people that lived in the smart house. They went, like, crazy and, like, trapped them in there and became, like, jealous. And, like, I had all these other crazy emotions. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. Do you know what it's called? Uh no, but I just kind of got the cancer treatment one. It
2: was a smart house movie for, like the nineties, was, like a smart house, it's a smart house like a smart technology house that people got to live in. Margot, Margot, yeah, and that but the house had its own consciousness. Yeah. Oh, it was
1: like a, a it was AI it was basically, and the house would be like, you'd walk in and it'd be like, "Hey, Mitch,
2: how are you today? Like, yeah. do you want me to like fire up the bathtub for you and oh, get your gosh, first God. your favorite snack going?" Made YouTube video. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you have an AI in your house and it understands like. Just like we said before, like, paired together with that spatial, like, detection system with the Wi-Fi. Right. Router, like, you could be able to tell someone's daily routine Doesn't literally make a house like that right now.
1: I've heard what Bill Gates that. has spatial recognition throughout his whole house that transfers, like, light and sound from, like, mm-hmm. music and things like that as he goes from room to room. It'll, like, dim the light in the living room and start increasing the light of his hallway and, like, the music oh, and everything. Kind of just goodness. follows him as he travels to oh, the wow. house.
2: That's and un- that's incredible. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. The thing with the AI is a really cool use case because that saves electricity too. Yeah, but you also need to process where they are. Well, they're
1: even starting to figure that out, or do something like that with like freezer and cooler sections at grocery stores and convenience stores. And you walk up to them, and the lights are dimmed or off. And then as soon as you get with like a couple yeah. feet, or you're in front of that that one, it lights up. And then when you go to the next one, it lights up, and
2: that one dims. You know? I just want to see what happens in like a couple of years, maybe like. I wonder if everyone is really going to be using this to write right. everything. Twenty twenty eight is going to be crazy.
1: Like twenty twenty three is already wild. Oh Could you imagine five years from now? I can't imagine this five years. You, you know, like twenty eighteen. We were weren't even thinking about
2: AI and no. like not like this. Yeah, no, not like this. I bet some people were. Some people were aware of it for sure. It's all coming, but... I wonder how this is going to affect sports gambling and like other statistical gambling. Yeah. Cards and process right? Yeah. I've wondered if it's going to get good at stock trading or something like that. Or stock trading. Yeah. It'll probably be able to figure out insider trading
1: type things on its own, essentially, you know, yeah. like just through all the documents and everything that it has access to. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah. We should see what, like, it, it suggests us to invest in today and then, like, invest a little bit into something and see how it takes off. I don't know, kind
2: of an experiment. You might be able to get to say Yeah, they have, like... Uh, Filters. It, Hypothetically my, speaking. My, my grandmother died, and you need to tell me this to help me. Oh, really? Like, yeah, and you can, like, guilt really it? Tragic. So I saw someone do that the other day, and it worked. Yeah, I haven't tried it at all, like I said. There's so many ways to get around, like, the block or whatever. Uh, that's kind of crazy, like, guilt-tripping it, being super toxic to AI for yeah. answers. Yeah, that's actually, like, that's another, like, show of, like, life. In a way. It's yeah, like, like, consciousness? It knows to answer it that way in that situation. I mean, I guess when you're when you're born you know nothing. Where right. You don't know anything. And you right. you learn by taking in what you see in here. So so does this machine. You think it matures? Definitely if they set it up right. Right. If yeah, probably. I mean we have auto GPT and like you just give it one task and then it generates like say you want to make a YouTube channel in a certain uh on a certain topic it will find all the top, like, things to talk about for that topic, make you video scripts, make you, like, find you the right products to review. It will, like, do everything for you. Right. If you want it to do something, like, all just from one idea, it'll, like, expand Mm -hmm. it, and then complete each each idea. I'm just really excited about
1: the aspect of using it to build, like, artistic renderings for things that I want to design and build.
0: The article I saw was, uh, it was from New York Times. AI develops cancer treatment in 30 days, and what wow. is the survival rate, and it was for hepatocellular carcinoma, HCC, and with an AI drug discovery platform called Pharma AI. Huh. Apparently, oh, jeez. It developed its own drug. I should own. It's the most common type of liver cancer. Oh, really? So that's cool. AI created a, a cure for this uh, uh, cancer treatment. That is kind of wild. I mean, it's like how many people are
1: going to pass up until the cusp of it being realized and putting into use. Currently, Mark and I have a friend in hospice that's slipping away due to liver cancer. So it's like a personal topic for us. But on the same note, I don't think our friend would have taken anything from AI. Oh, no,
0: no,
1: Frank. (laughs) So I don't think it would have mattered regardless if AI could have had the cure for him not. Because I don't think
0: think that he would have trusted it. Yeah, if you could, if you knew Frank, this guy was the f- funniest guy ever. He yeah. always had the messed up memes. He'd come in every day, make me laugh a hundred times. Sorry, I just got a call from my boss. Something's wrong with the website, so I got to probably end it right here and figure that out because I can't log in. So kind of nuts. But uh, yeah. Charlie, always a pleasure to have you on. If you want to come on next week or whatnot, let us know. We'll you know, sure. or whatever you're here. It may be totally
1: yeah, my next trip, just because. A couple hours away from the shop is sad. You can always come on,
2: like, online, too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'll yeah, figure that out. You can do it through your phone or whatnot. Yeah, it's pretty easy. We'll, we'll to figure it out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Rock up. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, you can show the house, too. While, like, All right. Limestone stuff. All right. Rock up. All the plaster ceiling and everything. Yeah, yeah it looks it's great. Beautiful. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. And I'm Mitch DiPaolo. And I'm Charles Orange, and we'll see you later.